0: Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the In Focus podcast. This week, we're going back to the pre quarantine times in an extensive interview with Sony and Zeiss ambassador Kenneth Hines. We sat down with Professor Hines in December to discuss his evolution as a photographer and asked him for advice for aspiring youth photographers. We hope you enjoy. So just tell us about your background and like where you're from, how you got involved with ice. So I am Kenneth Hines.
1: This is my 11th year professionally in photography, but this is also my almost 20 years in photography. And I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, although most people think that I'm from New York because they see more New York pictures than anywhere else. And I'm a multidisciplined photographer, meaning that I specialize in different genres, not just one, from street photography, landscape, weddings, fashion, I pretty much, if I see it, I've shot it. And I would say my style is kind of traditional in terms of my approach to it, but with a very unique and creative style to it. Um, I've been a Zeiss ambassador now for almost four months, I believe. Previously, I was a Sony ambassador for two and a half years but now I'm with Zeiss and I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, the opportunity that they've given me uh, being able to speak for the company.
0: That's really cool. So you were with Sony before Zeiss. Um, For those of you that don't know, Zeiss Zeiss camera lenses is a lens manufacturer that's
1: out of Germany. And they've been around for over a hundred years. They're the oldest company in the photography industry. photographed with their lenses for 11 years now, and primarily the reason for that is because they're the best at what they do, which is lenses. Um, people were surprised that as a Sony ambassador, I never shot with the Sony lenses, but it's because I wanted the ultimate
0: quality and optics that I could get, and I felt that was pretty much with Zeiss. Cool. Um, so what made you ultimately like switch from Sony to Zeiss? Um, My contract with Sony was ending, and I had a choice to renew it.
1: At the same time, Zeiss also approached me with an offer to uh, become a part of their team. So in looking at the two different companies, as far as what I wanted to do in my future for 2020, I felt that going with Zeiss was a little bit more the direction that I wanted to. I hated to leave Sony. I still use their cameras. I love their cameras. But as far as what I wanted to do in my future, I wanted to go, you know, try something different. I didn't know how it was going to end up, but um, right now I'm in a good place as far as what I want to do. It's been a great experience being out in front for a change. Most people know me from being just behind the scenes, but I'm actually getting the opportunity to step out front a little bit more and people are you know, able to see who I am and what I do.
0: Cool. So you mentioned before that you're from Atlanta um, and you've pretty much been spending a lot of time here in New York. Uh, So I just wanted to ask, what do you like better? New York or Atlanta? New York, New York. How come?
1: New York is a lot busier. It's a more fast paced city. Atlanta, there's not a lot that goes on because it's not as big as New York. And the only time we have a lot of activity is when there's a big event. So we had the Super Bowl earlier this year. There's a lot of activity then. When there's games that are happening, we have a lot of activity around those. But when there's nothing big going on, like concerts or you know special events, then there's really not that much activity on the street. So it's not a lot of street photography opportunities, like what you have here in New York. Not that many buildings. We don't have a lot of skyscrapers.
0: So. It's, You know, just not one of the most attractive cities, in my opinion. Um, So you would say like street photography is kind of like your forte, it's like the thing you really like to focus on.
1: Street photography has been my newest genre. I I kind of like all of my genres kind of like on the same level. Uh, Maybe street and landscape a little bit more than say weddings, but... Street has just been the more fascinating one that people kind of connect with a little bit more. Where my community has grown from my street work. I try to also share other work in between that, you know, get people accustomed to my fashion, get them accustomed to my, you know, weddings or worship, because
0: I still want people to remember I'm a multidisciplinary photographer, not just a street photographer. Gotcha. I just wanted to know like what kind of gear you use. I mean, you mentioned you use a Sony camera, but like what kind of lenses do you use and why do you like Sony over like, I don't know, Nikon or Canon? So here, to answer the gear question,
1: I use a Sony A9 and a Sony A7R 2 and I have a 10 lens collection right now. So I, all of my lenses except one are prime lenses. I have the 16 to 35 um, wide angle zoom lens which is a Sony Zeiss lens. I have the 21 millimeter Loxia, 25 bodice, 40 millimeter bodice, 50 millimeter macro, 50 millimeter Loxia, 55 millimeter
0: Sony Zeiss, 85 millimeter 1.8 bodice, 135 millimeter Zeiss bodice. And that's my lens lineup. So out of all those lenses, like, which one do you enjoy to like, use the most? I have two, 25, 85
1: those are always going to be the two lenses I care. Do I like one more than the other? Very, very hard to choose, because I like
0: them very equally. If I had to choose one, it would probably be the 85. So what kind of lenses do you recommend for, you know, students who maybe want to like get into photography or like are just starting to like really figure out that they have some sort of like passion for this? So like, what would you recommend they use? so being that i'm a sony
1: photographer people can you know look at equivalencies for the different camera manufacturers so if you're using a crop camera which would be a sony a6000 a6300 cameras like that to start out you know you don't have to buy the most expensive lens you don't have to buy you know a lens that's like a thousand dollars the 18 to 105 is one that's the overall you know good single lens choice but yeah. it covers a wide range from eighteen one hundred five to where you don't really have to worry about you know switching lenses and it's good for video because it's a power zoom lens as well um if someone was looking for a prime lens you know there's so many different options you know sam yang um is a third party company that makes very good optics that are you know relatively affordable lenses um if you're on the full frame side and looking for a kind of a go-to lens. I would probably say the 24-105. to um, Sony, I think that's a Qi lens. And the reason, because it's kind of equivalent to the 18-105, and you're getting that same range sort of on the full frame. And it's sort of the, the lens to where you don't have to worry about, you know, am I too wide, am I too close? Kind of cover a lot within just one single lens. Lenses are generally a little bit more pricier than their crop sensor counterparts, uh, but those are probably the lenses I would, would probably recommend. And I'm sure people are going to be surprised, being that I'm a Zeiss ambassador that I've mentioned to Sony lenses. But for anyone starting out, you know, I don't think that's you know the right choice for people to go, go to work because they're very expensive, lenses. Like,
0: you know, they're thousand fifteen $1,500. They're, like, top quality. Yes. At what moment in your life did you say, I really want to do photography or, like, I'm really into photography? Never.
1: <laughs> okay. Many people are very surprised that photography was never on my radar. I originally wanted to do computers. I love building computers, I love working on computers, I love, you know, dealing with software. That's what I wanted to do. Um, even while I was in college, I worked in my school's computer center. We service laptops, we built basically hard drives, CD drives, that sort of thing. That's what, what I enjoy doing. Photography started when I was on a family trip, 19 years ago and we went to Canada and Alaska. It was a nine week trip. So I started taking pictures then, but from 2000 to 2007 or eight, you know, never a thought of mine of doing photography. I just like taking pictures. I like having those memories. It wasn't until, you know, my teacher that I had my senior year said, you know, really good at this, you should put your work out there and see what people say about your work, you know, see what the responses are. And that's kind of how, how it started. I, I did not know that I could make it as a photographer. I just had no knowledge about photography at all when I first started back in 2009. But I, I wanted to see where I could go with it. and. I'm very surprised at the point that I am now. Never thought the companies that I have loved, that I've enjoyed, I would have gotten the opportunity to work with all those companies. You know, being with Sony was, was a great experience. Being
0: with Zeiss is even more impressive because I felt that was an unachievable goal in a way. Right, so like I've been looking at your photos, right? You do all the street photography, right? where, you're going, where you're going basically up like into people's faces what makes you feel comfortable doing that? Cause like personally, like it's kind of uncomfortable to just like start photographing like random people on the street. Like what makes that experience comfortable for like you?
1: It's not comfortable, it's not. It's not. Comfortable. Many look at my pictures and think I make everything that I do look easy. What people perceive from photos and what actually was a reality are two totally different things. Because a lot of times people will look at my photos and see that, whoever I may have captured is facing the camera, like their eyes are connecting with the camera. A lot of times people don't have a clue that I'm even taking a picture. It just looks like they're facing that direction. But it's just that split second where I lock in on someone's eyes and it just appears that they're looking at the camera or they know what I'm doing. Now there are times where people do know that I might be taking a picture, but you know, in New York City, A lot of times people don't really care. And I've actually been a subject of a photographer before. I was on a subway train and I saw a photographer because I'm a street photographer. I knew what they were doing. And I didn't say anything. I just made sure my jacket looked nice. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna be in a picture. So I I gotta look nice. So, and she snapped her picture and I I don't think she knew that I knew what she was doing. Mm because she did one of my trips. She took the camera and had it, you know, down at her waist, angled up. And I could see her ever so slightly looking back at the camera screen. And I'm like, I know what she's doing. So I was like, and I didn't want to be obvious, but I was like, fix my coat a little bit. And, yeah. And,
0: you know, I, I didn't I didn't mind it, you and, know? Did you like go up to her after and say, I knew I knew you took a picture of me. I want to see it or was like...
1: I didn't. I thought about it because I said, you know, There could be a picture of me online and I don't know anything about it and I would have liked to have seen it but you know I don't worry about it so I never get get out of the fear of taking pictures of people on the street but it's once I'm in the photography mode I kind of just let all that go or try to Um, there are times to where I might feel that I'm more bold on a specific day than i am on another day where i might see the perfect shot but i'm like oh that's a little too risky let me not take that shot or other days i'm like oh i'm I'm just gonna go in and take that photo i don't care
0: gotcha um yeah like you know personally like i've been actually trying to get into you know street photography more actually my friend he's kind of like the one who kind of introduced me to that and like i'd always ask him i was like how do you not feel like uncomfortable just like going up to some random like Store window and just photographing someone like picking out, I don't know, sunglasses. You know, like. Now,
1: see, I love store windows. One thing I love is store windows and the subway trains, and the reason for that is because if if you capture someone in a store window, they have to run out a door to catch you. You're long gone after that. Same thing with the trains. I will take a picture of someone on the subway, and. You know, the newer trains, they'll say, stand clear the closing doors, please. As Soon as I hear that, that's like, oh yeah, let me take my photos. Because as the doors are closing, what are they gonna do? The train is about to leave. Now, because this is New York, that doesn't always work. You'll hear, stand clear the closing doors and the doors will close. And of course, they open back up. So that's something to watch for. Because you might have that thought in mind, and then you might get screwed because the doors will open back up and there's your subject right there. (laughs) I kind of look at what kind of situation am I in to where I can get the best photo possible because I know there's some kind of a a barrier between me and, and the subject that I'm trying to capture.
0: So you never really like encountered someone who was like, oh, don't take photos of me or like, oh, delete that photo right now. Like they never, you never really found a person like that before?
1: There's two answers to that first answer is no. The second answer is yes. The reason there's two answers, and I know that sounds stupid, is because I actually got caught by someone, but I planned it. So people might be like, what the heck does he mean by that? Why would you plan that? I was teaching a workshop on street photography. And so I really wanted to to kind of show people, you know, should that happen, what do you do? So... I put myself in a place to where I saw a lady in an alley. She's the only person in the alley. That's strike one. I never photograph people when they're by themselves in like a secluded location like that, because it's it's obvious. When you have a pack of people or a group of people, it's not so obvious. And you kind of look more like a tourist. That's, That's the objective. You want to look more like a tourist than an actual dedicated photographer, professional photographer. So I told them, I said, I'm going to get caught, but I'm going to go in there to take the picture. Let's see what happens. So, and this was in Brooklyn, went up, had my 85, took the picture. And the lady, she was like, did you just take a picture of me? And I was like, yeah. So I went up to her and I was like, yeah, I'm a-. and So she's like, why'd you take a picture of me? And I said, I'm a street photographer. Explain to her, you know, what I'm doing. And I said, I'm just taking, you know, random pictures. Um, It's, you know, nothing serious. Um, I said, you know, I just share pictures from around the city online, on, on Instagram. That's it. And she was like, I don't like that. Can you delete that? So I deleted the pictures and showed her that they were deleted. Went about my business. But I planned that. Like, I knew that was going to happen. So that was just a scenario where I was teaching a workshop, and I wanted them to see firsthand what to do. But I would never, I would have never taken her picture to begin with because it's risky when you have someone that's isolated. like that. Right.
0: So like, what are your kind of like rules of engagement, if you will, for like taking these photos?
1: There are many pictures that I've taken. And for example, I had one instance where I caught a lady while I was on the train, she was at a train stop. Um, like you know, one of the express stops where there's multiple trains that come to one location. So she was waiting on another train. I didn't know this at the time until I brought the images and post. But she was crying, and I I don't know, like I didn't even notice that. And so when I saw that, I didn't I didn't even go over the pictures. You know, I I wouldn't post that. Um, I don't post anything that is like a awkward facial expression. You know, people I've had someone that jumped into my frame picking at their nose so then I can't use the picture. The picture actually would've worked, but I just I don't like showing You exactly. in a bad light. Exactly. Because that's not my kind of motivation or anything is for, for what I give. The street photography side by itself. I would not, you know, I don't see that and and doing something like that personally. Because I don't want to show suffering. I don't want to show anyone in distress or, you know, I want people to see, you know, like happy moments. I want people to see like people living. The best picture of themselves. Exactly. You know, it's always the pictures that I've posted. It's always people in a great life. Like they're doing something productive. They're doing something, you know, fun. You know, it's kids gazing at something that is intriguing to them. So it's always something that's positive. I don't like posting anything that's negative or someone might get um, a
0: a real negative vibe from. Because I I want people to smile. I want people to be happy. What kind of camera settings do you use? Like when you go into like the street kind of when you go into street photography?
1: um, So my primary mode for shooting is aperture priority. Um, The reason being is. For situations where I might have a varying difference in light, I don't want to have to worry about adjusting my camera settings from one extreme to the other because that takes time. So I like to just focus on depth of field. Um, you know, stopping my camera down a little bit if I want to bring in a little bit of the background or if I want to completely isolate a subject. You know, that's that's my focus. Um, I keep my ISO set to a specific number based on when I'm shooting and what the time of day may be, what weather conditions are, if I'm indoors or um, under you know incandescent lighting. It just depends. So like on a day like today where it's sunny outside, yeah, I would still be at like an ISO 400, 640. Yes, I could go down lower But when you're in New York, you know, you have some areas where it casts really harsh shadows and your shutter speed is going to drop significantly when you do that. So to not have to worry about if my shutter speed is fast enough, you know, I just keep my ISO at a nice range and I'm not picky about noise. You know, I feel like for street photography, noise is okay. Noise from a camera when you're using the glass is different from when you're using a camera with lower quality optics. So the higher quality lenses res- resolve the have more resolving power. So it's not as mushy looking in noise
0: on the lenses that I'm using. So I generally don't worry about it. What do you look for like when you take pictures. Like, what is your main kind of like goal?
1: Usually I start off as far as what lens, you know, if I decide to go out with an 85 or do I decide to go out with a 25. I don't know what I'm looking for until I see it. There are times where I see the perfect photo, but I may not be thinking in terms of what that great photo might require to capture it properly. And, you know, I've let a lot of great photos go by but I always know there's going to be other great photo opportunities that I see. And so it's just really what I see based on as I walk the streets. You know, walking just out in the open. You know, what what um, kind of intrigues me? What do I find fascinating? What do I think people might find fascinating? And just
0: kind of go from there. Okay. Um, how did you come up with your style? and? How would you like suggest others like, find this kind of style, like their own style, you know?
1: So I think this will probably be the first time I've ever shared this about my actual style. So when I first started, a photographer uh, by the name of Brian Krug, K-R-U-G, I really liked his work because he took everyday life things and just made them really captivating. He's also a wedding and portrait photographer. And I love his style. I don't want to say traditional, but for what you kind of see today from other photographers, it's a very traditional uh, kind of look on photography. But he had a very unique and creative touch to his images, to where I just always loved his images. And then photographer Trey Ratcliffe was another photographer that I had learned about at the same time. So those two were kind of like my inspiration for when I was starting out, to where I wanted to focus more on the actual images themselves, never the editing, never, you know, taking a poorly shot image, but then I have to rely on photo and software to make the image the way that I want it. So I worked on my style for a very long time. When I first started, my first professional year was 2009. And I started doing HDR, that was the first thing. HDR, weddings, and portraits. That's what I was doing. And I was shooting JPEG at the time, just straight JPEG. The only time I shot RAW was for wedding. Everything else was JPEG. So a lot of people don't know that. I didn't switch over from JPEG to RAW until 2015 so now everything that I do is because I used to take my images however you saw them in camera that, that was it I didn't like to do much editing on my photo but over time I know the look that I've been wanting to sort of kind of go towards which is keeping my traditional style but still having to where people see a change in their creativity like it's improving picture after picture and I challenge myself you know I might get to a look that I'm really happy about but then I want to challenge myself a little bit more what can I do to make this look better than what it is today and I'll go over old images and do the same thing let me take this photo that I took four years ago me remastering and see what have I learned that I didn't know back then to where I can make this image kind of look more where I was envisioning it years ago. So that helps me a lot because I will photograph locations that I've been to numerous times over and over and over again. And the reason I do that is because I'm How will that image look? And so I try to make sure that the consistency is there. That's always the big key for me. Consistency. A lot of photographers don't have that consistency in their work to where they can take two different photos of two different genres. Say it's a wedding image and then they have a street photo, but they, they look totally different from one another. There should not be a difference between weddings and street. Now the underlying look that I have for my photos is the same. All of my images are the same. But the colors and things that I actually do to the photo, those have their varying differences. But pretty much people can tell what photo is mine and what photo is not Because it's just been consistent for so many years that I sometimes Want to push the envelope a little bit and try something that's totally different that people might not expect. But I don't want to go chasing for, you know, Instagram followers or Instagram likes. That's not what I do, what I do. I do what I'm doing because I enjoy it. So followers and likes, that that comes last for me. I'm gracious, you know, thankful that so many people follow me to, to see the work that I do. I'm very fortunate but I don't ever want to feel like that what I'm doing and how my style is is being dictated by following and right. numbers. And that's what I appreciate, you know, like being websites, they love my work for what it is. You know, I don't have to be something that I'm not. And, you know, people enjoy it for that way. I love the style that I'm at. I'm always improving it, trying to see what can I do that's different? What can I create that kind of pushes me a little bit more? without taking me away from my usual standard style
0: right so in regards to that like how would you like recommend like you know younger people such as like myself or like other like young photographers how would you recommend like how they can like kind of find their style
1: for young people now saying that as if i'm not still in my 20s I would say it's a lot harder for you all now than what it was for me when I was like 18, 19. The reason is because of social media. So you all kind of have a little bit more pressure on you all as far as kind of living up to that online presence, you know, sort of getting validation from what you're doing. And as I tell anyone, like other people don't matter. Validation is for parking only. You know, you don't need it. And that's, if you're true to what you love, if you take pictures and you love them, that's all that you ever need. You know, I get tons of messages where people are like, oh, can you give me feedback about this picture? And you look at my profile, check out my page. Why? Why do that? I never once had sent any message to a photographer to say, check out my photo. Tell me what you think because it didn't matter. I did not care. Even if people didn't like my photo, I didn't care. I liked what I was doing, and that's why I was taking it, that's why I was sharing it. And I feel like that's something that more now than before, young photographers have to get a grasp Just have fun
0: with it. So, kind of just like put your work out there. Whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. It's all about like if you like it, kind of. Cool. One of our kind of like newer members actually asked like how to like maybe photograph like a reflection in like a puddle or like a lake and I've I've been going through your photos. So You've like a lot of good photos like where you reflect like Buildings or like people off like a puddle, but it doesn't actually look like a puddle. It looks like a mirror So like I was just wondering how do you do that? Like How do you compose those kind of photos? So
1: a lot of people think that's that's a trick. It's not a trick. All you need is standing water. That's it because you can't have any to get the perfect reflection, the water cannot have any, you know, like say a water droplet goes into that puddle. Now you have that vibration with all the, the, the waves that's going through. It. So you're not gonna get a nice solidly clean reflection. The way that you get the perfect reflection, you have to find the perfect puddle. That's that's literally it. And it has to be perfectly still. That's with any body of water. You get the ideal reflection, just look for water that's standing
0: still right um i also so like this is kind of like a personally like i really love to do photos in black and white and you know i mean i've been going through your photos uh and you have a lot of photos in black and white so i was just wondering like do you think about like if you're gonna like make a photo like saturated or like unsaturated like when you're taking the photos or like is this like after you put it into like lightroom or like photoshop i don't know what software you use so um what's your take on that
1: a lot of times, yes, I know what the look of the photo is going to be before I actually bring it into to post. So yesterday I did a, a IG Live where I was taking photos and it was raining, it was you know, very gloomy. And I took a photo of a couple that was walking up here. And there's a lot of fog that was covering the buildings of Manhattan, because over in Queens, and so you see Manhattan on the other side. And when I saw the picture, I'm like, that's black and white. Because the little bit of color that was there, it's just there as a distraction. It really doesn't add anything. When you take that away, you just have the black level on your subject, and then you have the white space around. Anywhere else there's, you know, that black level, it just adds to the photo than if you had a color image. So in that regard, I know, yes, that's gonna be a black and white. But say if the conditions are perfect, like a the, the day like today, the colors would be beautiful. So it's like, I would want a color image, but that image might look great as a black and white too. So I've had images to where I would do two edits, a black and white and a color, because both work perfectly. So I, I just keep both of them if I really like the photo enough.
0: Right, so um, what would you like, what kind of editing software would you recommend? Photoshop or Lightroom?
1: So Photoshop, is basically a bigger version of Lightroom, because both are Adobe products. And all of the adjustments in Lightroom are in Photoshop and in Camera Raw. So when you pull up a raw file in Photoshop, you get all the same, same controls that you get in Lightroom. The reason I use Lightroom over Photoshop is for that very reason. I'm not dealing with layers, so I don't need that aspect of, of a software program. So I'm not stacking. I'm not doing anything with that. I'm just doing, you know, color manipulation, you know, dealing with my shadows, my highlights. So the extra of Photoshop is not a really big deal for me. And then I like Lightroom because it has the catalog. So all of my pictures are in the program. Right. So I can go to whatever camera model I have.
0: It's a lot more organized. Exactly. Yeah. So when you do photography, do you like really just try to go for like Images that like look like compositionally like look good or like do you really try to go for like a deeper meaning
1: I go for images that I I like and things that You know, sometimes I take photos that no one likes I have a photo that I took four and a half years ago of grand central And I photographed that train station numerous times But there's one photo that I took That was during the summer of 2015 on the a6000 and I just love that photo. It's a HDR photo. And I just love how I edited that photo and everything that was happening in it. But whenever I put that picture up, no one liked that photo. And and I even put out a, a, a poll once. I took my most popular photos and I put the Grand Central up against them. And I wanted to see what people would choose. I didn't give them any kind of directive or anything. I just wanted to see what what people gravitate to, barely nobody picked Grand Central. And I was like, that's okay. I like the photo, even though other people might not have it. And so it's, you know, if I like it, I'm going to take it. You know, I don't really set myself out to go look for things that I think other people are going to love if I don't love it. Because at that point, why am I doing it?
0: Right. So I started actually like, I started like doing photography, like freshman year of high school. I'm a junior now. Um, I actually started using my iPhone. Like what, like, what do you think about like iPhone, iPhone photography and like everything about it?
1: I think it's a great start. A lot of people don't know that I used to do mobile photography for a few years. I actually had one full year where I did not use my Sony camera and I shot with my own iPhone for the whole year. My first time even coming to New York in November 2013, I shot my whole trip on an iPhone. All of the videos that I produced on YouTube and all of the pictures that I took were shot with my, I think the iPhone 5S had just come out at the time. And that's what I shot with. And especially now, you know, phones, cameras have gotten so much better. You can buy attachments for, for these cameras. You know, if you have like the new iPhone 11, you have the wide angle now, the telephoto, and all these different lenses built right into the phone. So it just em- enhances what you can do with the mobile device. The right. cameras now have five cameras on the on the phone. So it's almost like for some people, why do I need to carry around a big bulky mirrorless or DSLR camera? I can just use my phone, and it you know takes pretty good images, right?
0: So. Can you kind of like just go over like the difference between like a mirror camera and like one that's mirrorless?
1: Yes, so uh, that's done better visually. So this is a mirrorless camera, and the difference is when you take the lens off, you're looking directly at the sensor. So there's no mirror in between where your lens is and the camera sensor. Right. That's the difference between a DSLR and mirrorless because you with the DSLR you have the mirror that's inside that once the light comes through the lens it's shooting up at a prism that's in the camera to you know reflect that image through to the optical viewfinder mirrorless doesn't have a uh, optical viewfinder you have an electronic and what you see through
0: the viewfinder on a mirrorless is coming directly off the sensor Right, like my camera's actually a DSLR. Um, it's from Nikon, I think I'm the only one here right now that doesn't use Sony, but um, like, which one would you say is like better? Cause
1: I don't think one is better than the other. I, I think there are advantages on having mirrorless, you know, it's the newer, later technology. And it's come a long way from, you know, where it was like, gosh, almost, like a decade ago now. And I think more it's more so on preference than it is on which is best. You know, people ask me what what camera should I buy? And they ask, you know, should they get a DSLR? Or should they get a mirrorless? And they say it's based on what, what you feel is your preference. Is a DSLR more comfortable? Is a mirrorless more comfortable? Do you like the price of the DSLR? Do you like the price of the mirrorless? So it's a lot of different factors that I feel it's not a determination on what's best, just what you like more. So it's not like
0: one image is like better than the other.
1: Yeah, if, you're, if people are looking for a camera that has better image than another on mirrorless versus DSLR, then that's, there's not an answer for that because the sensors, where your image quality is, the sensor and the lenses you're using. Right. So, there's not gonna be a difference there. The only thing that's different is the technology that's capturing, it. you know, are you using a mirrorless or are you using a DSLR? That's the only difference,
0: right? Have you shot film? And like, if you did, do you like it?
1: I just got that question. I think yesterday someone asked me that. I have not shot with film, unfortunately. It's something I want to. I actually own two film cameras. Both are my to film cameras. And I've been wanting to, to shoot with it, just haven't found the time. But I think it's, it's, it's great because, it's different. you know, there's some of the images that I have that have a very film look to them. And it's, you know, kind of going to that sort of side of wanting to have that film look to some, some of the photos that I take where it's not always so polished and you know very high contrast you have like a more matted look or some green in the image you know i don't mind that at all
0: right um it's funny because like i actually um uh, my great grandfather was also into photography don't don't even ask me how i found that out but i think my grandma was like oh we have this camera and you know it's it's from it's from it's my dad's camera i was like cool thanks at first i didn't want it but like now that I'm thinking about it, like it's an old vintage film camera. Like, I think like that would be like a really cool, like, I don't know, like just a cool, like piece of equipment to use. Cause it's like different, right? You know, it's, so yeah, I don't know. It's just, that thought came into my head.
1: I feel the biggest thing is if people are, you know, trying to experiment in street or trying to get a little bit of grasp in doing it, I would say just having common sense is the biggest thing you know don't just go all up into someone's face like this yeah. with a camera or you know someone you might see then, you know a very deep moment or a conversation so like don't interrupt them you know you might be in a public space but have common sense and you know be mindful of other people's space even though they might you know they're out in public and that's for me my biggest tip Of what I teach people, you know, don't linger. You know, sometimes people will linger. They'll stand there and they'll take a photo, look at it, and then try to figure it out. Okay, let me try this. Let me try that. And they'll just stay in one spot. Just get those (laughs) out. And they'll stay in one spot for like five minutes. And you know, you're gonna be noticed. You're gonna gonna have a higher chance that someone's gonna be like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Just be discreet. Right. You know be, be a, like a tourist yeah you know don't look like you have a you're out there with a specific agenda in mind like i shoot like i'm a tourist like i'm visiting new york for the first time people don't know if i live here or not they don't know if i'm you know familiar with the city i have a camera and i'm just looking around taking pictures they're gonna think oh, whatever yeah. but being here in new york it's a little easier being that it's a big tourist city other cities might be different you know you might have to have a little bit more caution than new york
0: city right? hey guys thank you so much for checking out this episode of the in focus podcast if you like what you're hearing make sure to subscribe for future episodes We'd also like to give a special shout out to the guest on this episode of the In Focus podcast, Kenneth Hines Jr. Make sure to check him out on Instagram at Professor Hines for some really inspiring images.